The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. I, I'm Lewis Dix, as you can see. Uh, I'm still Lewis Dix. Um, it's D-I-X. Uh, I, I, woke up, I woke up in a great mood. Felt, re- um, felt really good. Hello. I hope everyone's doing fine out there. As you can see, there's no no one else. Dan in text me this morning said he wasn't feeling well. I don't know what that means. Um, but uh, it is a beautiful day. It is the two days after my daughter's birthday. Uh, Peyton, she is um, in her over 26 or something like that. I know how old she is. She was born in 94, so she's so um, happy belated. I got to FaceTime her because she's in New York. And it was a special day for me, too, because I got to do, uh, I did the warm-up for the Mark Twain Awards. They gave it to Jonathan Stewart. So the first time I actually did it was, the first thing I got to give a shout-out to um, Chris Spencer because they were, they wrote, he was a writer on when Dave Chappelle got it in 2019, I believe. And um, they put my name in the hat to do the warm-up, which was great. And the producers didn't know me, but they hired me. And then I did a good enough job to where two years later they called back and said, hey, would you do it again? Because uh, we're giving it to Jon Stewart. And that, that was a, a feather in your cap. Whenever you, you pursue your dreams and then you get a compliment by being hired again, by people who hire, you feel good, especially a job like that. Um, and and I'm sure John Stewart had to sign off of it because when I saw him uh, prior to the show, he came up, gave me a big hug, and said, "Thank you for doing it." So that meant a lot. And of course, Dave was there, Dave Chappelle, and and um, got to say hi to him again. And um, then uh, just Samantha B was there. I'm dropping all these names because I didn't, I kind of knew her because she does a talk show. And then uh, Steve Carell. And um, Ed Helms, all the people who worked for the Daily Show that Jon Stewart created and uh, made famous. So it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of dignitaries there. It was at the John F. Kennedy Center. And what was really cool about it was I was in uh, Kansas City opening up for Craig Robinson. So Craig allowed me, graced me enough to, because uh, the shows were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So he allowed me to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then jump on a plane Sunday to go to D.C. Which was, and, and shout out to KC. I had a great time. We ate at this place, and I guess it's owned by Craig's relatives, uh, Wings Cafe. It was the best chicken wings I'd ever had. And I feel like I make good chicken wings, but the seasoning was just incredible. It was really good. We ate, and then of course, barbecue is known for Kansas City, but I don't, I don't know about that. It was okay. Um, but it was good. It was a great time. It's always a great time. Craig is a really nice boss. So uh, I had a really fulfilling weekend. And um, and then I was able to roll back in the crib and because um, first thing I do, <clears throat> because we week to week, we actually have a week off and we'll go out. But normally as soon as I get home, I I 
empty my stuff. I re repack sort of. I wash clothes and then I repack because I don't know what Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday is going to be about. So I got to make sure. And then I take my clothes to the cleaners and then get them out and I pack. So I'm ready to in case something comes up. So I, I make sure I have everything. I refurbish, refurnish, refurbish. I don't know what the word is, but you try to pack, repack, get new soap and all that stuff. So uh, I'm ready to go, uh, but because I, then I got because I got practice on Monday and I got practice today, practice Wednesday with the kids. So um, we're doing spring basketball right now. So I just have to free my mind, but uh, it's good. Um, so I feel really good today. Been, been taking my vitamins, so that's good. Um, taking my vitamins and um, I feel really strong I stopped by uh, they had a comedy show last night at the Regency West which we do every Thursday so Jeff was there he opened the show up and they had Buddy Lewis was there Chris Spencer David Arnold Alicia uh, Cooper um, uh, and Buddy Lewis hosted Jeff warmed up the audience so it was I only stopped in for a second after I got done coaching said hi to people and um and because you do that whenever you you're coming off a gig and you feel good about yourself, you go to your peers and say, hey, what's up? What's up? You know, oh, Alex Thomas was there. And because you're you know, when you're not working, you very seldom don't go out there. You have to pretend like you're working. Yeah, I, w- I stopped by there for a minute last night. Uh-huh. It was and a great crowd. I'm like, why is Jeff funny out there, but not on the show? Well, he's channeling Robin Harris and Jeff is fine. But see, comedy's that way. That's the beauty of the art of comedy. You find your rhythm, you find yourself. And they always say that. You get funnier as you get older and you get you live more life. You have more stuff that, you know, you tell somewhat of the truth. Yeah, Jeff was funny. Um, definitely Buddy Lewis. Yeah, you seem to like Buddy Lewis. I think he's okay. No, he was funny, funnier than I've seen him last night. It was a great crowd. It was hard not to be funny in that crowd. Uh, but shout out to everyone else. Uh, and I think Michael Williams spoke. Uh, but back to my baby girl. Um we got her, uh, we got her a, uh, I, I got her uh, uh, an Airbnb gift card. I didn't know they made Airbnb gift cards. So Where's she going to go? She goes places. She was just in London for two weeks. But, you know, I guess it was a gift card. Lewis was like, hey, let's get her Airbnb gift card. Because so, he, he'll ask her. He knows what she wants, you know. I'm just usually good with money, but people like it. She sent me a scarf. Um, that she purchased in London, a Harry Potter scarf. Are you a Harry Potter fan? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of my kids. She likes it so I. But she, she was funny because in the car she said, "Dad, here's a scarf." Even though there's no winter in L.A., um, but when I travel, you know. But I like the scarf. It was a, it's a cool, cool gift. And I took a picture of her and sent it to me. Hey, I got it. You got to act excited because I, I, I read the etiquette is when someone gives you a gift, you're supposed to let them see you wear it three times. Three times? Yep, three times. And then they know that you appreciate the gift. Then you don't have to wear it anymore. That's what I was told. I read that in the etiquette book. Um, but happy birthday to everybody. This is Taurus season. This is my season. My birthday's coming up May 5th. And it's great because it's nothing much better than working on your birthday. Because I, I, I'm doing this thing with Arsenio Hall that I'm excited about. And uh, But I got to take a COVID test before you start working. Because I had to do that with the... Um, Mark Twain Awards. You get to the venue, then you got to take a COVID test before you can enter and work. So how uh, fast do you get the results? Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Mm. So you get a thumbs up, or you they bring you say, "Come here." <laughs> and I got a thumbs up. So I'm trying to stay away from people wearing masks because nobody's wearing a mask on an airplane anymore. And and it's funny because the people who don't wear a mask, 
should wear a mask. They look dirty. <laughs> you know, they look they look germ germy. They look that was my word. They look germy. They really do. And then you're like, uh huh. You know, and, and one guy was sitting next to me and he was coughing, didn't have his mask. I was like, Come on, man. Yeah, I've been kinda laxed with my mask wearing, um, but I still carry my mask and I still wear a mask. And it's, I mean, people have really relaxed the, uh, um, relaxed the, the mask. Yeah, yeah we still get tested every week at the school. So, yeah, yeah. I just heard, uh, I think it was reported in the news this morning that the vice president, Kamala Harris, has, has COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's still real. Um, but, uh, you know, some people's not. Um, some people I know haven't even gotten. The, the COVID shot, vaccine shot. But that that's who they are. Um, and respect to them. Uh, I was, it's funny because, and I know I'm not the only one that hears this commercial. Colonial Pen, Jonathan. <laughs> Do you ever see that commercial? I, I have. Which one, though? The one with the brother, Jonathan Lawson. That's his name. Oh, okay. You know, hi, I'm Jonathan. And, you know, it's the three P's. Price, price, price. And then the people say, well, I'm 65 and how about I? Is it, it's only $8. But I'm 80 years. It's only $8. And Jonathan is, and I was curious about Jonathan because when you see somebody like Jonathan, who looks like a regular guy, you're like, all right, what is he about? You know, who, who, how did he get that gig? How did he, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, unlike my man from, um, you know, he's an actor from, um, What's the, the What's red... his name so I can see what he looks like? Jonathan Lawson is his name. He's a skinny black guy. Looks like a guy from the neighborhood. And um, he talks like a guy from the neighborhood. But he was in the Marines, and he earned his college... Oh, yes. And he earned his college degree while working full-time at Colonial Penn. Oh, so he actually works for Colonial Penn or just... Well, no, he worked for them full time while he earned his degree. Because he looks like a regular guy. Yeah. Like, and what what is a regular guy look like? He doesn't look like Jake from State Farm who looks polished. Yeah. Because they hired, they had a regular guy who was Jake from State Farm. Remember the commercial where the guy was saying, what are you wearing? The white guy, he was saying. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. That was a regular person that worked at State Farm. So, yeah, but Jonathan looks like somebody that lives on your. He block. looks like Peanut Fat Paul Boogie. He looks like <laughs> Peanut. He's like a peanut. He looks like a regular guy that you'd be like, you know, ask you for a cigarette. So is he an actor? No, he's a he's Actual a spokesperson, spokesperson for them. Okay. So I looked him up, and and much respect to him, and and I think they need underneath they should say that about him. They should say that he has he worked full time there. He was a Marine. And and thank you, Jonathan, Jonathan, for your service and that he worked full time while he earned his degree. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's just funny because you just never know what you don't know about people. And and you, you have all these things you assume, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. So that that's um, that, that that's interesting to, to, to me that and, you know, don't judge a book by by its cover. And Jonathan, I, I and I'm be honest, you, you you look at Jonathan and you judge him by his book by his cover. You're like, okay, what is this skinny guy, you know? But people like him and people I'm gonna believe pull him. up his picture and put it on there so yeah. folks could know. But is that a national commercial? I, I yeah, I believe so. I think in other cities that or states that I've gone, I've seen it seen it. Definitely in LA. So 
So our birthdays, back to the birthdays, and it was something I was thinking about. Um, I have this thing that I love about being on, I call it men who are good fathers or on daddy's watch. That's what I call it. And, um, um, and it made me start thinking about the mother-daughter relationship and how cr sometimes it can be crazy. Um, Real quick, here's a picture of Jonathan Lawson. John, look at him. Regular cat. He looks like the guy that used to do a podcast here, uh, the fitness guy. But uh, So it yeah. says he was dedicated employee for 20 or for 18 years or something like that? I can't see that. I don't know. It's kind of yeah. grainy. But good for him. He's, he's a hardworking guy. Um, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, uh, but um, I, uh, I know a lot of you women out there are saying, what, what can I say? What can Lewis tell me about my relationship with my daughter. Well, you women are always trying to tell us about our relationship with our son and, and our kids. So this is my turn. Um, that, um, and I think a father knows when he's invested in, in, in his kids' lives. You know, he gets to hear and see things between the mother and daughter that make him say, thank God uh, for my son. Because girls are very complicated. Um, it starts from the beginning. I remember when my daughter was first born, the first thing I kept hearing from mom was front to back, front to back, wiper front to back, wiper front to back. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, so then, of course, she explained to me why it's important that you, that's the first thing you have to learn if you're a new father when you're changing your daughter and you're cleaner, you wipe her front to back. So, you know, and, and um, then you learn how delicate the girls are and then you have to have, you get when the mom's away. You have to, you have to talk to the girl differently than you talk to your boy, um, and I think that's still true. You, you just you just have to have a different conversation or a different tone when you're, and and, and that's natural too. I mean, it's very it's natural because um, girls are you know they they're they're more forward than boys thinking. You know, I mean, your daughter will definitely tell you the truth about yourself. Because for some reason they have to know, they know thyself, they know themselves, they know what they're about. And I believe one of the reasons why women are so ahead of men and what's going on inside of them internally is because once they become a woman, things are going on with their bodies that they have to know. You know, they, they especially when they uh, reach the point of becoming a woman and they start their cycles and everything, they really have to know what's going on. They have to have a foundation about oneself and about why am I feeling this way? What is this emotion I'm feeling? Because, um, I mean, and boys just, or men, we just, you know, we're in Neanderthals with that. What We don't know what's going on inside of us. You know, so, um, so shout out to, um, if we would be better served as men, I think if we had OBGYNs, if we had to sit up and talk about what's going on in our bodies and, and you know. Were you going to say something? My mic is tripping. Hold on. Her mic is tripping. Okay. See, that's what I'm talking about, women. <laughs> My mic is not tripping. But One, two. Oh, I was going to ask, do you think that men go through a hormonal change at a certain age as well? Like women have menopause, but... Yeah, I think boys I start... Find, I'm finding a lot of men that are older become a little more emotional, so... I'm wondering if that's part of the whole 
hormonal thing. Yeah, I definitely think that. But I also think when a girl who's like maybe around 12, 13, 14, you know, start their cycle, I think men do the same thing when we're discovering our bodies. We start looking at ourselves and, and, and trying to figure out what's going on and why is this hair growing here and what, you know, you start measuring yourself. I think men, it's more, I think women measure internally where men measure outwardly. You know, we look at other guys and, you know, we, we're like, his, he's stronger than me. He's faster than me. Uh, Women he has more. think that way? Do they? Okay. Right. They'll be like, ew, she's cute. I mean, they'll think right. she's cute, but still. But yeah. I think before that, a bit of I think before that phase, they have to do more internal work. And I don't think men do a lot or if any internal work about, you know, why. Um, but I think, yeah, it, when men go through menopause, we go through a different type of menopause. Uh, we start feeling inadequate we start feeling like we don't have the same and we don't have the same testosterone level we don't feel the same we don't we see other men who are stronger and faster and and girls you know because it's funny because the first thing that starts to get to you is when you hear the word word ill or you're old or oh you're that old you know you just start it starts messing with you mentally you know and then, and then you depending on where you are in life and even if you are a success you know, I've noticed this, that a lot of men who are successful and I mean, we've had examples of it left and right now. You know, you can be as successful as you want. You still are subject to to life's lessons and life's um, things that life throw at you. I mean, Will Smith is a great example of that. And other people I see a lot of celebrities I know who are just very lonely. You have to have someone. And I think it's just no one gets a pass on trying to find someone that truly loves you or that you can truly love and be selfless with. Well, he uh, was recently spotted, I think, in India. Yes. He's on some kind of spiritual retreat. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Um, now, see, if that was me, I would my spiritual retreat would go back to Philly and hang out with my boys, Fat Paul and Peanut and Boogie and play <laughs> chess and, and talk and listen. You know, that's a Maybe different... he should go to Philly. That's where he's from. Maybe he should go to Philly. But, I mean, just, does... He I, probably would still feel out of place because everybody will be treating him probably like a Yeah, celebrity. like my boys, Fat Paul and Peanut and Boogie. I'm not a celebrity. I mean, to them, I'm somewhat one. I'm on, I've been on TV. But they treat me like... Wally Gator, who I, that was my nickname, you know, or they still, it's funny when you go back home, you hear certain things that remind you of how you got to where you are or that beautiful journey. Like when you go to visit your family, they usually call you your family nickname. Like I have people, aunts and uncles who still call me little Louie, you know, and, and, you know, Hey, little Louie or, um, or, uh, the way they say it, the tone because they grew up with you. It's not the new tone. Like, you know, I'm sure he, cause I, and I see that with Craig whenever he's around his family, Craig Robinson, they, he had some family in, in KC and you could see the joy and, and he had some buddies that came to visit him in, um, in Florida too, that he grew up with. And they were just hanging out and laugh. Their laugh, the laughing was pure and it came from, a, cause they grew up with him in Chicago. So it came from his stoop. The laughs came from the stoop. The laughs come, like when I'm hanging out with Fat Paul, Peanut, and Boogie, the laughs come from us running down 58th and Windsor Avenue, us playing um, step ball, us playing half ball, and, 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 and those laughs. And it's so refreshing, and it, it, it rejuvenates you. And that's the beauty of having family and friends you grew up with. And it's also a sad part when you lose them. 
because a lot of us are losing these old friends or friends or peers or even people we watched on TV that made us feel a certain way. So it's, it's and, and you know, so it's, I can do a better job of communicating, hanging out with, with, with my family, which I need to get on top of. But, um, so back to my point when um, that, now I, I, it's funny because I have a friend that was, um, best friend of 25 years sent me um, in regards to his mother-daughter relationship going, okay, and this was something that happened and he told me about it, and then I, I took notes. Um, so he was married for like 18 years and just recently got divorced. So, And he said that uh, he was at his apartment in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday, and and um, he sent me the following text that he, you know, because he knows I'm, you know, he said, can you get something funny out of this? Now, his daughter at the time, I think, was 14, and his son is 16. And so this was the exchange. He said, the daughter said, Dad, can you come get me? And he said, you know, he's kind of strict. He says, hello to you too, daughter. And then the daughter says, Dad, I need you to come get me. And then he says, hello to you again, my daughter. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Dad. Can you pick me up? And Dad says, where are you? What's going on? He says, Mom, put me out of the car, and I'm outside uh, the mall. Okay, so he says, well, why did your mom uh, put you out of the car? And the daughter says, because I told her that I didn't appreciate her putting me down because I said that I respect Amy Winehouse's music. And he, and he said he was being funny. No, she did not say that. And then she said, Dad, it's not funny. And um, first thing um, he said, he told her, okay, let me just be honest. This actually happened to me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to stop all this. This was Peyton. This was this happened. This is real. Okay, I was trying to paint a picture so it wouldn't be, but this is real, all right? Um, so she, I was trying to be funny. He said, no, she didn't. She's like, Dad's not funny. And I was like, first thing you better do is check your tone with me, Peyton. That's probably why your mom put you up, put your butt out of the car in the first place, because of that smart mouth of yours. Now, are you safe? And where's your big brother? And she says, I feel kind of safe. And he stayed in the car with mom. And then I said, what does kind of safe mean, Peyton? I went to Pinkberry and some man was glaring at me and I felt uncomfortable and left. So now I'm walking inside the mall and it's crowded. So I feel safer. So I said, baby girl, stay in the safe area of the mall. I'm on my way. Now, if your mom comes back to get you, call me right back so I will know that you are safe. So then I called mom and I was like, hey, hey, what's going on? Uh, baby girl just called me and said that you put her out of the car over something, someone named Amy Winehouse. And I really didn't even know who she was at that time. And are you kidding me? And who is Amy Winehouse? That's what I said. And then the mom says, her mom says, that girl who sings about drugs and rehab, that's not the issue. I would not allow her to be disrespectful to me. She was bitchy, mean to her brother, cursing, cocky, and rude. If she continues to be disrespectful, I will put her out again. So I said, all right, understood. With that said, do you plan on picking her back up or checking to make sure that she is safe? Please, no hitting this time because she will pop her in a minute. It was another time when she popped her. And, um, and I could have had her arrested. What, the mother arrested yeah. for popping the daughter? Well, she she had popped Peyton one time, and, and Peyton was bleeding, and I and I could have. Man, some kids need to get popped, well, Lewis. Uh, okay. No, I'm not. I'm just saying based on I remember mind. one time I, I had some friends over. I was like 13 or 14, and I was talking shit to my mother, and she slapped the shit out of me in front of all of them, and that resolved 
that. Oh, I've gotten punched by my parents in front when I was talking trash in front of my boys. My dad gave me a two piece. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on the on the steps with Fat Palm. That's Peter and Boogie. the problem now is that not that you got to beat a child, but somehow you got to put them in check. You know, and my I was my dad was like, "Hey, it's time to go in the house and go take a bath." And I was like, "Man, I'm good." My dad looked at me, "I'm good." Nah, next nigga, thing, you next, funky as next thing I know, I was, <laughs> I was all and P, Fat Palm Peter Boogie still teased me. He knocked me into the bushes, and I went. Right up there and took a bath. Uh, so, Mister um, Dick. Yeah, he laid it on me. Um, so I said, understood. Um, I understand. With with that said, do you plan on picking her up or checking on her to make sure she is safe? Please, no hitting this time. Your baby girl is a drama queen. She is fine. You're not in this house any longer and have no say on how I discipline my kids. I thought she lived. I thought Peyton lived somewhere else. No, this is when she was a kid. Oh. This is when what, she was, How old? She was like 14. Oh, okay. This, yeah, like, this is when age. they were in the house. So um, so I said, understood. Could you put our son on the phone, please? So she puts Lewis on the phone. I say, hello, Lewis. He said, hey, Dad. And I said, Lou, the next time your mother puts your younger sister out of the car, I expect you, her older brother, to get out of the car as well and stay with her until she is somewhere safe. Am I making myself clear to you? So Lewis is like, yeah, dad, but she was talking back and cursing at mom and being mean to me. Oh, yeah. You mean like when you call your mom those bad names in the morning when she's trying to get you up for school? Because he had, had an episode where he because she didn't know how to wake him up in the morning. She would throw water on him. Um, you need to be you need to uh, begin acting more like an older brother and help help her out and help her out of harm's way. That's what I was trying to tell him. Because he had an episode where she called me, you need to come get your son. He cursed me out. He called me a B word and all this because she, in the morning, he had trouble getting up. So I would wake him up differently. I would go get there an hour earlier. I would turn his lights on, turn music on, and then I would get a hot washcloth and just lay it on his face. Slowly waking him up. And she was always rushing in the morning. So she was like, you need to get up now. And then she would throw water on him. So... You know, just like he was an animal. That was her way. She just didn't, she didn't have, she didn't have, we just did it differently. I don't want to say. Um, so he says, uh, I understand that. And then I was like, I, I love you, son. I love you too, dad. Now, uh, then I called Peyton back. I said, baby girl, are you still at the mall? And are you safe? My ETA, my ETA is five minutes. Yes, dad. I found this really, this is Peyton. Yes, dad. I found this really cool scarf for only $13. Can you please get it for me? <laughs> That's why she went to the mall. I mom. said, no, I will not, Peyton. Look, when did when did getting put out of your car, your mother's car for being disrespectful translate into dad buying me a $13 scarf? I said, come on now. And then uh, then Lewis calls me and says, dad, mom and I are at the mall looking for her, but she is not picking up her phone. And then I said, I have the little window shopper with me. Meet us in front of the uh, Forever 21 store on the second floor. Someone commented and said, I agree, women may have to resort to physical hitting someone. Men should develop the skills to display the strength they possess without physically harming them. Okay. You That's again, that? now women get a pass. So then I said, um, so then finally I said, now that I have all three of you together, let me say this slowly and clearly so it is understood by all. So I had the mom, Lewis, and 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 Peyton together. And I said, this family needs to begin treating each other with a lot more respect and consideration. I cannot drop what I am doing every time you three decide to hit, curse, and lie to one another. I have called Child Protective Services and they will be coming to visit you three, hopefully help this family get back on track. I love you all and now I'm going back to my apartment and watch my Eagles try and win a game. And the mom says, whatever. And then, <laughs> and then Lewis said, what did I do? <laughs> 
And then Peyton says, why, why would you call Child Protective Services? I can't help that I hate her. I just do. Nothing's going to change that. And if they take me, what then? I won't live with you either. And I said, understood. Hopefully Child Protective Services will motivate you all to begin treating each other with more respect. Even if you won't live with me, I still love you. Now, of course, I didn't call Child Protective Services. I, that was just something I said I would do. Um, but uh, that was an episode. And I'm sure there are many stories like that from parents who are trying to co-parent in different homes and dealing with their kids who are teenagers. And, and actually, some kids work really hard at manipulating both parents. And that's why it's so important that the parents are on the same page, even though they're really angry and, and hate each other at that point that they remember the most important thing is trying to raise these kids and get them back to some kind of normalcy. Nor nor normalcy, I don't know that word, but that back to being normal. Um, but because it's important, because I, it's tough on the kids. I mean, just think about it. If you start off a certain way and you're in one home and both parents and all of a sudden your life is totally disrupted and the parents get divorced. And, and, and I know a lot of people say, well, some parents shouldn't be together and all that. And then they, but here's the thing that we all try sometimes miss is that now the kids have to pack or do something. Every other weekend, go to a different place. Get up, go to a different place every weekend and, and get that fragmented love. And sometimes the other parent is in a new relationship. So you got to deal with that. Hope some, some, I, I made sure that I wasn't having any other relationship and it was just focused on the kids. Some people are really good at that and some people don't care. They, they feel like they're going to have to live their lives. And then they bring some, a new guy in, a new girl in, and then the kids got to adjust to that. That's not their mother, their father. But they can't act the same in the house. They can't run around like they were running around when it was just mom and dad. They can't, you know, come jump on the bed, mom's bed or dad's bed and say something. or All that's stripped of them. They now got to knock on the door because the new guy or new girl's in there or they got to tiptoe or they got to they can't open the refrigerator or their tone is different. And then you get to the point where the new dad or new mom is trying to discipline them and they don't know the tone of the house. They're trying to establish themselves. And unfortunately, some women is tough and men because they they don't want to lose that relationship. And a lot of the times they sacrifice the kid, which is not fair. But, um, you know, that's just my point on that. Um, and that was a, I laughed really hard at that story. Because um, I, I did, act, actually, um, I'm, I wrote a lot of stories about this situation that was going on. I, when it would happen, I would sit down. And it was kind of therapy for me. Now, here's one. Oh, the number is, what's the number? 323-815-4204. Um, so it's 323-815-4204. Mm -hmm. If you uh, have a comment or if you went through something or you're a parent or you're a child and you went through something or you have a familiar story, we'd love to hear it. Um, I'm Lewis Dix and you're listening to In a Man's World. Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> In a Man's World. Um, okay, so here's a boy. That was the... Peyton, it was hilarious. That was Peyton's stories always crap me up. Here's a, uh, a Lewis story. And I haven't read this one in a while. It's just, I didn't even read over it. And it is, uh, Lewis was, I guess, maybe 15 or whatever. And it says, it is, Dad, I got an earring. Now, and, and, and to this day, I don't know if I handled this right. 
Um, but it was how I handled it. And it wasn't handled as smoothly as I think I could have handled it. So it's just me. I said, hey, I, I want to know what time I should drop the kids off so they can spend some time. Oh, this is mom. Hey, I want to know what time I should drop the kids off so they can spend some time with you on Father's Day. I say, I'll be here. I will be here all day. So then I get a text from Lewis saying, Dad, I got an earring. Mom is fine with it because I, I worked hard in algebra to pull my grades up. Um, and then I says, uh, so then um, the kids arrive, and I say, hey, uh, Peyton and Lewis, and then they say, happy Father's Day, Dad. So then I say, thank you, love, to Peyton. And then I say, go upstairs to the apartment. I need to speak with your mom and your brother. So then I say, I'm at the car, and I say, Lewis texted me that he got an earring. And mom says, yes, and we know how you feel about it. However, I felt it's not that big of a deal because I had a problem with him getting having an earring, and I made that clear. Um, so I said, understood. Um, and I said, Lou, did, did I make it clear to you that I did not want you to get an earring until after you graduate from high school? And he said, yeah, but mom said it was okay because I pulled my math grade up. And I said, Lou, you had a D in the class. There was no, there was no, there was nowhere, nowhere else to go but up. The fact that you knew that I did not approve of you getting the earring and, and what do you do? You go and get the earring. That's called disrespect. Um, then the mom says, will you please pick and choose your battles with the kids? You can't control everything they do. He's got the damn earring and that's fine. So let's move on. So I said, cool. I have a rule that my son cannot have an earring inside my apartment. So Lou, you need to take out the earring when you come over to my apartment. Then he says, I can't take it out because it will close up. And I said, put a straw in it. That's what my sisters did when they first got their ears pierced. So um, then the mom says he has to leave the earring in for four weeks before he takes it out. I said, cool. I will see him inside my apartment in four weeks. So she says, what about today? I plan on going to the movies with Peyton. Lou, you're welcome to sit outside while I get ready, and then we can go see the flick. Then I can bring them to you at the, at the meeting place. Mom says, this is ridiculous. It's just an earring. Why are you making a big deal of this? No, ridiculous is not honoring the other parents' request. It's not a big deal yet. Okay, go ahead. I saw you. I, I, that is ridiculous. Okay, so well, let me finish. Then you mean to tell me that you won't see your son on Father's Day because he has an earring in his damn ear? No, I won't allow. No, I won't allow my son into my apartment because he went and got his ears pierced knowing that I disapproved. How old was he again? He was like 15. And I said, Lewis is more than welcome to come with us to the movies. This is crazy. We're leaving. Call me when you and Peyton are done. What was that about, Lewis? Well, it was about, Lewis was at a, it was a certain image that I felt didn't need to happen at this school. Lewis didn't need an earring. Lewis had other things he needed to focus on, not being cool and earring, which was keeping his grades up and learning that school was important. So I did not want Lewis running around with no earring, uh, projecting that and thinking that he... That. Now, I can see if he's walking around with his pants sagging or something else, but the earring. Were at, when you were a teenager, was there something that you wanted to do that your dad was against? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things that we, we, we couldn't do. Um, 
Um, I was not into getting my ears pierced or none of that. But no, it was it was well, it was different back then because it was certain things we knew we could not do, even if we wanted to do it. It wasn't a it wasn't even a thing of asking. You you uh, had to be in in a certain time. You um, I started working when I was twelve, so I I, um, I had other things that that um, um. These kids are so dumb. These kids asked me if we had practice today, and he he's got the sheet, um, and he won't look at it. And his father's a dean, and all he has to do is go up to his dad's office and ask him, "Does he have practice today?" We send him out a sheet. They rather ask you. Um, so, but no, it was. Uh, I, I I truly believe. Okay, I did have a a strong belief that I didn't want him to have an earring. That it was certain things that I and I and I made that clear to her and him. I was upset that she didn't adhere to my wishes just like I would have adhered to some of her wishes if she had said, no, I don't want ABC to take place with Peyton or Lewis. I would have said, no, this is what your mom felt. And I did that a lot. That certain things I might have disagreed with, I honored her wishes. And I would tell the kids all the time when they would say something, I would say, hey, um, if you tell me this, you know I got to tell your mom. But dad, don't tell me. Hey, man, we're in this together. I'm not going to have you tell me something. I don't tell your mom and your mom is working blindly because we're, we're both parenting you kids, even though we're in a different house. So I felt really upset and disrespected that her as an adult didn't honor my wishes. And maybe I felt that she could have sat down and we all could have sat down and then made a decision. But for her just to go do it, knowing I was against it and then say, hey, it's not that big a deal was wrong. And there had to be some consequences. So, and I'm sure, I feel really terrible now, and I'm sure if you talk to Lewis or in therapy, he remembers that day. And it probably hurt him. But then again, when Lewis graduated from college and then his job after two years was transferring him from Boston to L.A., his mom would not let him move back into our home. She's like, no, he can't come back. He can he can come live with you, but I'm not I don't I don't like he he parties too much. He um, he won't respect my space because I'm I'm back in school now. It was all about her. And that really hurt Lewis. And one time we were at dinner and he it came out about how much that hurt him. And and her mom and everyone else told her, You tripping, how you gonna and at the time she was she had some little white girl staying there, one of Peyton's friends staying there. So Lewis was crushed that you won't even let me come back and so, you know, I think my thing was more of a discipline thing because I knew he had to get his, he didn't deserve the earring. That was part of it too, because he wasn't handling his business well, in school. Well, what did he, you said his grade was a D. Where did he raise it to? To maybe a C or whatever. He was hard, but, but that wasn't the only grade that was bad. His attitude was bad. He wasn't, he wasn't doing his homework. He just wasn't on track of, of handling his business at school. And he was playing sports, but he, he just didn't respect Get, we had to go visit his dean all the time. He had detention because he was late to school because that whole thing of her trying to get him up. And it just wasn't important to him. And that was a time when I told her, listen, I think he should come live with me. Because you're a corporate. You have to be gone out of the house by seven. So you're more. And then they come home and you're, you don't get home till seven. So they're hanging around the house. And that's when I made sure that my apartment was right around the corner from Peyton school because I didn't want them I wanted Peyton to be able to come walk 
from her school to my apartment so they could be safe. Okay, so there's a question in the chat room. Why did he want to live with his mom instead of you? Because it was a five-bedroom house. I would want to live there too as opposed to an apartment. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, I didn't want to leave that luxury. So I totally understand because he knew, one, he knew it was going to be more disciplined. He, but it also, it was, that was the home he grew up in. I wouldn't want to leave that either. I mean, it was a five-bedroom house. It was a great place for his friend. He couldn't bring his friends over to my apartment. It just, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to leave. To this day, I have dreams about the house that we had to leave in Philly. We had to go to another house. But I remember that house on 58th and Windsor Avenue because that was where I grew up and all my friends and running around. And I mean, think, I don't know if you think about your, your home that you grew up in. Well, I... Uh, we moved around a lot. Okay. When I was younger, so I don't really, I don't. Was there don't any I've place ever that you been attached to any one particular place we we've okay. lived? Okay. So. So I and that's but that was and so I totally understood that attachment with him. But what was the question they asked? Why did he live with her instead of you? Yeah, because that was, and and well, she was able. The reason. She got it was it was um, joint custody, but it allowed her to get more money from me if the kids live with her, uh, even though my schedule was more flexible than hers. And none of that really plays a part in the man's favor. Most yeah. of the time they give the custody a, to the a women. A friend that I know, he's going through a divorce now, but his wife, she went out and got a whole new boyfriend while they were still <laughs> married and really kind of booted him out of the house. They have a daughter together, and it was just a lot. Of, the, the, the daughter was exposed to way more of that drama than she should have been because the mother, you know how, um, you know, like most Apple devices or they're, they're connected. Right. So if you get a text on your cell phone, that same text or pictures might come up on your iPad. Right. So the daughter had the iPad. And so the mother uploaded some pictures and the pictures came up on her daughter's iPad. What, what and it was of pictures? pictures of her having an affair. That's how the father found out was, Mom, what are these pictures of mommy? Who is it like, you know? So, um, so it ended up they're getting a divorce and the daughter doesn't want to live. She done already moved the man and his kids into their house. That's so trifling. And, uh, and so now, um, uh, my friend is taking custody of the daughter. As he should, because that's a whole, that's a whole, that's what I'm saying about the whole adjustment that this young daughter has to make. She had a home. She had a system. She could run in their room, jump in their bed. And now she can't do that anymore. And then his kids are moving in her space. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, it's unfair. Yeah, and she she was, whoa, that was kind of ruthless. Like, yeah, so. I, I right, and, and, it's, and it's, now, I'm, I'm be honest, it's not, it's not easy uh, for for anyone, it's it's a it's tough on for the mom, tough for the dad, tough for the children. Yes, but if you could do it the in a way to where like our parents were really not really good because they had issues too. But 
we, we never really, if they would argue, they would go out, you know, and I used to try to do that. Whenever we were having disagreements, I was like, hey, let's go outside. Let's not do this. No, not my parents. They, they, more my stepdad and mom, they, they argued in front of the kids, which is very stressful yeah. for kids. Code three is not into arguing, but she's a cop. She got a gun, so she, she don't play. You know, she's, she'll say, and that was part of the, our journey is she used to say, don't, don't yell. I'm, I'm not into the, you yelling at me. And I had to, and it goes back to how much you care for someone, the adjustments you make when you're in a relationship. You will make adjust if you care for the person. Yeah. Well, you will I, make I mentioned this, by checking I think, your on, tone. The, on the last show is that uh, people are, they're ready to run at the first sight of any problems or issue instead of working it through, you know? Mm-hmm think that's why a lot of relationships but someone in the uh, chat room room wanted to discuss the whole thing did you see that jamie fox um blasted stephen a smith for speaking about um i think his name is ben simmons have you heard about that no is that a recent thing what well, has yeah to be. it was so a what recent happened? thing so basically fox went on to um his Instagram, because he feels, I guess, in a nutshell, that Stephen A. Smith basically goes in more on black athletes as opposed to white athletes. And so Jamie um, put out uh, on his Instagram, this is that is completely unfair at Ben Simmons has a family. This man has people that love him. And this man just plays basketball. But to be dragged through the mud like this is unfair. He also compared Smith's criticism of black athletes to that of athletes of other races, particularly Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who Smith has voiced his respect and admiration for on numerous occasions. And he also went on to say, and why is it, Stephen A. Smith, you only go at basketball players? You are completely mute when it comes to the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the world. You get where I'm going? Stop it, bruh. It's out of bounds. So I guess Stephen A. Smith went really into this Ben Simmons guy. I mean, calling him just... He just he just was really kind of disrespectful. But I also saw people say um, that he deserved that criticism. I don't know. I don't follow sports. Well, I mean, my my thing with I agree with Jamie. Uh, My thing with with Stephen A. Smith, he does it for clicks. He's you know, he's on ESPN. He's loud. Um, That's his way of of getting people to talk about him. I I really don't watch him. Well, he says, quote, Ben Simmons might also be the weakest, most pathetic excuse for a professional athlete we have ever seen, not just American history, but the history of the sports. This is what he said about the guy. Right. And I agree with Jamie. I mean, I, I don't I don't particularly care for um, Stephen A. Smith. I don't know him. I've never met him. Uh, people are different in person. You know, when you're selling something, which he is, he's sell- I mean, it's part of entertainment. He's selling, you know, what he's selling to the po- to the powers to be. Um, and Jamie's right. He doesn't go after the white athletes that way. Um, but, you know, he's he's the loudest voice and they and the powers to be love hearing him put us down. Um, but. You know, he, he is, he's selling what he's selling. 
and hopefully he's he's making enough money to where he can sleep comfortably you know and 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 karma is a b you know what they say what goes around comes around be careful but you know i always believe i truly believe that eventually people are going to get what they deserve uh, you can you can ride that wave, ride it, act a certain way, and then. I just wonder if he could get away with um, the same. Of course Talk not. Um, of, course of a not. white athlete. Of course not. He's going. I mean, we all of us temper what we temper. I mean, that's the reality of this world. The reality of this world is that everyone's treated differently. You, you certain things you can say and certain things you cannot say. I mean, you could say them, but you have to deal with the consequences. Um, we all sometimes, uh, my muse has this thing about the illusion of inclusion. You know, I, I got this thing where powers to be, um, and, and and this is, this is, it's not a color thing. It's a, it's, um, it's, um, it's a hierarchy thing. It's a thing of, of where you are in life. Like if I'm talking to like at the, like at the Mark Twain awards. So if I'm, I know my muse always pulled my coattail once when she said, you have about two minutes, three minutes to where the people tune you out. You're not important enough for them to keep talking to you. You know, like, and then I, I have that clock in my head. If we're, if, especially if you're dominating the conversation, if they're dominating the conversation, you listen and it's good because they feel they're teaching you. But if you're holding court, then they were like, who is this guy and why am I listening to him? You know, but if they're giving you accolades, like, I had a good show, so a lot of people, hey, you were really this, you really that. I did a joke about menopause, and this, 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 this couple, these two couples came up, and they were like, and they looked really tanned, and they had big rings on, like the housewives or something, okay? And you were really, and that's menopause thing clicked, and, and, and your wife must be going through the same thing. We go, your house is our house, when they can identify with you with that. And they kept just glowingly giving me this. So then... And and then like when I was talking to Steve Carell, he was really nice. But I said, "Hey, I really enjoy your work, and I've been open up for Craig, and and I'm sure he says hi." And he's like, "Oh yeah, Craig's a guy, guy, you know." And then of course you get to the point where it's a pause because the pause is, "Do you want a picture?" <laughs> so you say, "Hey, can I get a picture?" <laughs> so uh, or are you done? <laughs> right, walk away. <laughs> yes. So it was a pleasure to meet you. So you know, the shorter the better. But yeah, I I do agree that. Um, that and he's and Stephen A. Smith is at a point where you got to keep in mind a lot of these guys and girls, a lot of us in entertainment were straight up nerds, and the the athletes who were famous and good and who are now in media are just trying to find that again. So where people applaud you. So if Stephen A. Smith walked in a room and nobody reacted, it would mess him up. You know, like anybody, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm Stephen A. Smith. Why aren't you guys saying hello to me or whatever? So that's, that's why when you hang out with your boys, they don't care who you are. You know, they, they don't care who you are. You know, they, they appreciate that you've gotten where you got to. But if you messing up, they're going to tell you you messing up. That's why a lot of celebrities lose their friends, close friends, because they don't, they can't handle that reality and that truth. So, you know, Jamie is... You know, and I give Jamie respect because Jamie has kept his crew around him. Yeah. You know, they still kiss his butt, Johnny Mac and Speedy, and all that, but they, you know, it gives him a sense of reality, you know, and, and, and but he's a loyal guy. So, yeah, I think he's, and now it's going to be interesting to see, because Stephen A. Smith will always try to go at somebody. Hey, don't come at me like that. You don't know me, and, you know, but he was, 
He's on Jamie's jock, so we'll see how he responds. Um, I don't know if he responded yet. I have to, to you know. see. But one of the topics I wanted to bring up, because I came across a story that was pretty interesting, was this whole critical race theory. What is your thoughts on that? Well, I saw a, a picture and a quote underneath saying, with the little girl from Ruby Ridge, mm-hmm. saying, um, if this little girl can deal with everything, then your kids can learn about it. If this girl can deal with what she had to deal with by crossing the line, going into that all-white school, then it's okay for your little kids to learn about it. So, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a political bullet points. People are using it. I mean, especially I don't think it should be outlawed. It, it's like it's the real true history of the United States. Um, uh, so the San Francisco teacher um, was under fire after she reportedly bought a cotton plant to school to demonstrate, um, you know, the some aspects of slavery. So basically... Um, she brought the cotton plant in to show her class the sharp edges of the shrubs while teaching about slavery in U.S., as well as the cotton gin and its impact on enslavement and the Industrial Revolution. So it just really basically deals with uh, systemic racism and why black folks are in the position they are today. And a lot of the argument has been it's going to, traumatize students yes, about traumatize the white students but right i mean yeah but we all know that's false we all know what they're doing what's behind it and what's behind it is for them to maintain in their ignorant way the superiority to, to you know that's the and that's the basic way of they don't want to lose what they've taken they don't want to lose what they take they don't want their kids to think the right way you know, they, that's why they, a lot of kids, they know what's in their trust fund and they know if you don't do ABC, you won't receive this. And, but it's, but, but I think the youth, the youth, the one thing I love about the youth is that they are loving who they want to love. They're deciding to be who they want to be. And the parents are going to just have to come around or they'll just, I mean, but these people who feel this way, unfortunately, are older, more frail dimension is setting in so i think in 10 years when those people 10 to 15 years when those people are leaving us and hopefully that mindset they're trying to maintain that mindset with the um, marjorie taylor green and all these people DeSantis. they want to maintain it but i think you know just the way they treated the the young lady that's on the supreme court the black woman that's on the supreme court and the way they treated the other ones who were less qualified than her so that's I just think if they were to have a curriculum around and they do in college, from what I understand, around critical race theory, people will have a, a better understanding of why things are the way they are here in the United States with black people. Right. But I think it's also important that black people and people of color begin to demonstrate more the right way to do things so these kids can see the examples. That's real too. Meaning that sometimes you don't have to do everything in the street. You don't have to show everybody everything. You can do a lot of things inside your home, but you don't have to be you don't have to be that 
in the street to keep it real, so to speak. It's like you, we need to see more men opening doors for, for black women. We need to see them helping. We need to, have, we need to make our tongue less piercing when we speak to them. We need to, we need to honor them more and each other. We need to give each other more love. We need to. Yeah, I we say need to honor each other. Yes, I mean we need to. We need to not like we. It's so important because some women these days they don't want that. Like they like like Jada said, I don't need will to protect me. Right, or, I'm not. I didn't need will to protect. Right, I'm not saying. Some s- women might see that as sexist in this today's society that men opening doors or that whole old oh, I'm putting air quotes up that old school way of thinking about relationships right. I think it's a little simpler I would approach it in a more simple way which I do when I'm on campus and it's a majority of white kids on the school campus but all the brown girls and the brown people I speak distinctly to them and smile and say hello. How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that simple of acknowledging you. That, hey, how you doing today? Hey, have a great day. Yeah, I mean, that's just mean common it. courtesy. And yeah, but common... it, it's, you actually have, the same way that they're attacking us in that negative way, we have to attack each other in that positive way, I believe. I, I think it's important. I yeah, think it's important. It's, I think it's okay to have different ideologies but at the same time, we should respect our, our differences within, within our community. Right, but I think you will see that if you act a certain way. They will see that. As you walk away or as you walk into a room and you walk into a room and you say, hey, how you, hey what's up, coach? It's like when we walk in the coach's office, you're walking in different. So if you say, how you doing, Matt? How you doing, coach? How you doing, such and such? How's your day going? And you have an energy that's positive, and and like someone told me a long time ago, like Dr. Kazi said, you have to match them. You have to match them. Hey man, how's your family doing? How's your kids? Because then they look at you as a father, a person, not a black person. You, they know you're black, but yet this guy is a he cares about his kids the way I care about my kids. So that means when he's not around, I have to refer to him in that respect. Because of the way he carries himself, the way he actually speaks to me, the way he asks about my family. Because I'll say that all the time. Hey, man, how's your family doing? It's good. And then they're like, hey, how's yours? Good. Because that's where we meet. We meet there. And after that, everything else is subjective. But that's where we meet. We're both fathers. We're both, uh, you know, have women that we love. We both. So that's how we carry. Even if you're in the same sex relationship, how's your partner? You know, and, and you if you say that every day and you're consistent, that's how they have to see you. Because my thing is, how do they see you when you, you've left the room? As a black person? Right. <laughs> Still no, black? No, no, no. But they no, because but if you if you consistently put the image of a good person, you'll erode the fact that because they already know that. So they'll have to because the other person I say, hey, Lewis is a really nice guy or Lewis. I love his energy or. um he just did the Mark Twain Awards for with such and such. He's so no, it's not a. We already know. It's just like me saying it's like with Jewish people. Okay, it's Black History Month. Well, we know it's Black History Month. Okay, it's Passover. Okay, it's Yom Kippur. You stand on those days, you know. And so I, I think it's. 
I think it's important that we demonstrate who we are in a consistent manner, just like the Kardashians do. Mm. They consistently tell us who they are, and we can. And a lot of people can can uh, consistently purchase that stuff. Mm. So if you you know, and and like right now they're saying like Will Smith had a consistent way of of demonstrating who he is. Now that he went outside that box, everyone's trying to figure out who is he. Kanye West consistently. Showed him now he's crazy, um, you know. So yeah, so like Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox has showed us consistently that he's a talented young man. Doesn't hasn't really gotten in trouble, law stuff. He's consistently. That's why these people love Craig Robinson. They come see him because he's consistently Daryl from the Office, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, etc. It's just like people do the same thing with you. Who's poetess? That's the boss lady. Now I mean when they look at you, this was a girl that had was on the radio, has a history in radio, has her own studio. That's who she is. That's her focus. And when you leave the room or you, you come in the room, that's what they all have to say. That's poetess. I hope so. No, you've <laughs> earned that. I mean, you were sitting in it now. Yeah. You do it every day. Yeah. So, okay, so here's a... Go ahead. Okay, so the other thing, because since someone brought up Twitter in the chat room, Elon Musk... Uh, just acquired uh, Twitter. Oh, that, so that purchase went through? Yeah. How much? $44 billion. And uh, he's going to take the company private. And uh, so he, so some of the things that they're saying that he may do is uh, loosen up content rules in the name of free speech. Um. So he he's he claims to be big on free speech. He um, believes um, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. He um, is also argued that social networks should not remove comments that while offensive are still legal. Um, if it's a gray area, he'll let the tweet exist. Um, Twitter currently bans harassment, abuse, and posts that wish harm, uh, physical harm on someone. The platform has other guardrails too, like prohibition on misinformation related to COVID-19. Experts who study social um, networks Read about Ma uh, Musk push to loosen the rules of engagement on Twitter. They say that would give license to harassers, trolls, and others who who abuse the platform. They also worry that relaxing the rules on Twitter will empower those looking to exploit the platform by spreading misinformation or flat-out lies about political events, government officials, and matters related to public and health um safety so um he's also thinking about scrapping advertisement and making it a subscription service for 2.99 a month two dollars and 99 cents i ain't paying sh to be on no fucking twitter i'm gonna say that right now i'm still stuck at 44 billion yeah to me twitter sold out 
Because at first they were like, nah, I'm we're not going to let this guy. $44 billion. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. That right there tells you that everyone has a price. Yeah. $44 billion. That's a lot of money. So everybody, the big question is, is he going to reinstate Trump on Twitter? Um, he hasn't said publicly, but Trump just came out this week saying that, you know, he respects uh, uh, Elon Musk and he's a nice guy, but he has no plans to return to Twitter. Well, Instead, Trump said he'll be focusing on his alternative social network known as Truth Social. That's so, I mean. But. Right now, for those who don't know, here in the state of California, um, Elon Musk is being, has one of the biggest cl- uh, racial discrimination lawsuits going on um, because of the, the, the discrimination at Tesla toward black folks. Right. So, um, so y'all out there trying to get you a Tesla and this guy and respecting the people that are uh, in in the factories or in the company wow. making the car. So well, that's what I'm saying about we all first need to focus on in house and in, in itself, because if you're constantly focusing on what these people are doing, you're gonna go crazy. Because 44 billion is something that we can't focus on. That's a whole nother focus. I know, but a lot of people are on. There's over 200 million people on Twitter. Right, and that's fine. And you saw when Trump was on there how he was able to fire those people up for the January sixth. Right. Well, people are gonna, but people are gonna. I mean, that's what I'm saying about it. if you focus. In my opinion, if you're focusing on what's m- most important, then y- your family, y- yourself, your family, immediate people around you, then eventually, yeah, you might get to a Twitter tweet. But it won't have the same impact if your priorities are lined up. And, and a lot of times we go outside, we don't focus on our priorities because it's too hard or too painful. So we'd rather, we'd rather um, comfort ourselves with a Twitter tweet or reading Twitter. I mean, it's amazing when people, are, people will walk across the street on their phone and not pay attention. I'm amazed at how much people pay attention to their phone. It's to the point where you're just like, what are you? People are, have their babies in strollers and are looking on, the, on their Twitter. They're holding their kids and on their phone. My God, it's just, it's, ah, okay. Yeah, it's, um, I wonder if there's going to be a big exodus, um, people leaving Twitter. One, because there's going to be a subscription for, um, I guess, more access to perks on Twitter. Right. But See, I, I'm already done. I'm already tired of talking about it. Okay. Well, let it's me not, talk maybe about it's this because, last story. No, maybe it's because I'm older and and it doesn't, I'm not as engaged in it as if I was younger. I And I'm not going to take away from it. other people. I am sure if I was younger or had other things that I didn't think was was more important then I would be engaged but this is part of growing older like I listen to more jazz and I will hip-hop now so go ahead your next story yeah so the the family of the boy who fell off uh the ride files a wrongful uh death lawsuit against this Florida amusement park the Mm -hmm. family of Tyree Sampson 
the 14-year-old boy who died last month after falling from an Orlando music park ride, amusement park ride, has filed a wrongful death lawsuit ac- accusing the park, the attraction's operator, the manufacturer, and others for negligence. Um, Yarnell Sampson and Nakia Dodd, Sampson's father and mother, are named as the plaintiffs. Um, They filed uh, a lawsuit Monday, one week after the Florida Commission of Agriculture and uh, Consumer Services concluded in a report that the operator of the free fall drop um, manually changed the sensor on specific rides and action resulting in uh, being unsafe. So uh, the thing was, too, the boy was 14 and 340 pounds. 50 pounds over the maximum weight limit of the ride. And that same day, there were rides that denied him. um, The they denied him. They said, you are too big to be on this ride. And so this last ride that he apparently um, died from, um, the guy let him on. So um, who's responsible here? Are all those people responsible for this kid's death? And why is he, not that this is an excuse, but why is he 14 and 340 pounds? Is that? Well, I mean, that's, again, it's, I mean, it's it's a it's. I mean, it's again, it's a it's a. And it's not it's not blaming the parents because clearly the amusement uh, park is at fault, um, because they probably shouldn't have let him on that ride. Well, in it's the a first tragedy. Place. It's a tragedy all the way around. It's it's a tragedy that began with him being fourteen and three hundred fifty pounds. That's the first tragedy. Second tragedy is um, why people trust these rides like that. Okay. I don't mess with it. I don't mess with it. I don't, I I like staying on the ground. So, and then it's a tragedy that these people didn't secure the ride. So it would be safer. But then again, he was overweight. It shouldn't have happened. It's a tragedy. The parents now have to suffer the rest of their lives. And fortunately and unfortunately, they'll be able to suffer in comfort, whatever that means when they get paid, but they still will not, will be able to won't be able to see or hold their baby. Well, they say, um, Corey Roberts in the chat room says, he was a football lineman, which they need to be bigger. Okay, it's fine. Like he was. It's still, he's, he's, he's still dead, and it's a loss for the family. And again, it goes back to what's immediately important to you. And unfortunately, a lot of times in tragedy, you get to see what's more important to you. And it's sad that a lot of times that's what has to take place for us to see what's important. And, and and how we have to sometimes say no to ourselves and say no to, uh, and people have to stand tall. But the whole thing now is getting people to, when you want something, getting people to give it to you. People go to extreme measures to get what they want and then yell at you if you don't give it to them and tell you that you're wrong and you're being racist or you're being this and that just because I told you no or you're not prepared or you haven't filled out the proper paperwork. You know, I went to the bank the other yesterday and and I'm learning now to have more patience with ignorance. So I I'm at the bank. The check is that I'm cashing is on that bank's name. 
So the woman looks at me and then they excuse herself and she's back there for like five minutes. I can hear her saying, well, I'm not sure if this is his check or whatever. I hear her. I hear her back there. So I'm like, it's fine. Because I know eventually you're going to come out here and you're going to cash my check. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. And she came back, oh, I'm sorry it took so long. But I, da, 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 da. And I didn't say anything. She's like, are you okay? And I didn't say anything. I said, because first she asked me, um, do, you, do you get this check often, this, kind of, this check from these people often? And I didn't answer. She said, excuse me. I said, That's, I said, why do you need that answer? Here's my ID. Could you? And I just, you know. And she looked like she was the dumbest rock in the world. She, I don't even know how she got hired. But I was like, I'm not going to react. This is fine. That happened to us before years ago. We were in New York, and we just got paid $10,000 for um, a promotion we were doing for HBO. And we went to a bank, and the sister, black teller, did not want to cash the check. She did not want. We, a- we had to ask for her manager. She was rude. And um, we ended up getting getting our money. But as we're walking out of the bank, she cusses at us like, so what? Like, I'm like, how is she? How does she have a job in the bank? I mean, she hated so hard. It was like me and two other black women trying to cast the check we had all our id we showed that we did this thing with hbo but she did not want to cash our check yeah, well she 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 had evil down um now was this your report your your yeah but we didn't get no music or <laughs> no because we so can you play that now please <laughs> why you got some no i just want to hear it because it just <laughs> just <laughs> Okay, and that was the poetry. Yeah, and then I did have uh, uh, our our um, vice president Kamala Harris has reported that she has COVID. Mm-hmm. She took all the vaccines and she's had two boosters, and she still managed to get COVID, but she has no symptoms and uh, she's resting at home. Good. Okay. Now I have, let's see here. Uh, I'm Lewis Dix, and uh, that's OG Poetis. And um, the name of the show is. Um, 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 in a Man's World. Right, In a Man's World. Okay. Uh, let me see. I had written some other stories. Um, okay. Here's one I like. Well, I don't like. I mean, it's just, I wish it's, it is what it is. Um, this was um he can he can live with you. Uh, I got is a phone this call. an extension from the kids yeah, and, and the mama what, and Yep, this is what she, and the mom calls me at five thirty nine PM. Do you have Lewis? Me. No, I do not. What's up? Friday at seven twenty. He wanted to catch the bus home since he didn't have practice or a game. I'm worried. Me. You went for the fake-out move? I believe Lewis is hanging out with some of his friends who are not too positive. Which knucklehead knuckleheads ride with him on the bus? That's what I said. So she's 724. I thought of that. He rides home with, uh, with uh, 
I can't say that. Whatever, whatever. A and B. Other than that, he might hang out with another guy after football practice. But they're all good kids. Should I call the police? Me. Relax. You can't do anything until you hear from him or the police. Lewis really needs to be monitored a lot closer and needs to spend more quality time with adults so that he can learn to become more accountable. 8.40 p.m. Your son just lost his freedom. No more bus. I just went in his room. I believe he came home and changed. His charger is still here. Backpack gone. Purple sweatshirt on the floor. He is such a liar. <laughs> I said, well, at least you know that he made it home safe. Keep me posted. <laughs> so... Friday at 9.58 a.m. Your son just texted me to tell me that he was with blank and was going to, uh, to a concert and that, he, that it would be over at 2 a.m. He claimed that he asked me. Now, I think he's like 16 or whatever at this time. Um, I said, take a deep breath and relax. He is safe and let's be grateful for that. Please try to respond. Use all your motherly powers and try not to react. Let me know when he lands, even though I'm sure I will hear it. That was funny that she was going to beat him. So Saturday, 2.30 a.m., he just got home. Although he says he didn't lie and showed me a, a concert ticket and his eyes look all red and puffy, I'm going to get his ass tested for drugs. <laughs> so I said, uh, understood. How is his little sister handling it? Is she learning anything? She was also a little worried and upset. She added her two cents when he was lying. We were both relieved when he came home. Me, do you want me to talk with him now? No, because I am dropping his ass off to you, and he can stay with you for the next three weeks. So and I said, well, Lewis is about to turn 16. I keep telling you and telling you that he needs to live with his father. A woman cannot make a boy into a man. Please think about it. <laughs> I forgot all about that story. <laughs> so what's the situation now? Like, where, what are your kids doing? What are they? What do you mean? Well, like, Lewis is, are they, is, he, is he still at home with his mom? And no, he's, he's living, he's graduated, worked, he worked, graduated from college, got a job. He got his own place? Yeah. All right. Well. So, you know, and he's getting, I'm sure he's getting high in his own place and coming home at 2.30 in the morning. Hey, that's what it's about. <laughs> my, my mom was not very strict. She let me do, um, I was mature for my age, but she let me do a, a lot of things. Most parents probably... Wouldn't she knew I smoked weed, so she was like, I'd rather you do that at home instead of out in the streets because people can slip you something. I mean, you really can't, at the end of the day, stop kids from doing what they want to do. You just have to show them how to be safe uh, going about it. Mm -hmm. I feel you. I just. <laughs> so if he want to smoke weed and y'all, he going to smoke weed. I, I, Whether you know or not, but with my mom, she was like, "If you gonna get high, get high at home, cause I don't want you out there. Somebody can slip something on you. You can be out, you know. So if you gonna smoke your weed, the safe place to do it is at home." Right. And I'm only reading these stories because I, I know there's parents out there who, who has stories, um, and 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 it's funnier now, ten years later. <clears throat> you know, ten years later, it's funnier now. When you, I guess you die. This is what, okay, Lewis is formal. Hmm. It says, good morning, Dad. Here's what I need for my formal on Saturday. $40 limo, two $80 tickets, $40, no, no, uh, yeah, two, two, yeah, $40 limo, $80 tickets, $40 shoes, $50 hair cut, I guess, $65 half, half dress. Your total is 275 
If you have to write a check, you should make it out to mom. That's what he said to me. And I said, oh, this was Peyton's. This was Peyton's. I said, oh, good morning, Peyton. Who said it was okay for you to go to this formal? Is this Saturday, which gives you four days to get everything you think you need? And she says, why would someone have to say I could go? It's my formal. Peyton was her own person. She was just, I understood. However, my love, there's a proper way of doing things in life. The parents have to tell you that, you will, that, that they will allow you to go to the formal first. <clears throat> Peyton says, why? Because that's what good parents try to do. Peyton, you should have known by now that in our family, the parents are in charge of the children until they turn 18. Do you believe that your behavior this past year has earned you the right to go to your formal? What have I done? That's so awful in the past year. I am not having sex. I don't do drugs. My grades are not that bad, especially compared to Lewis's. <laughs> that is funny to me. Um, Peyton, you snuck off to go across town to meet a boy and lied to me and kept the lie going until you realized that you were busted. I told you how sorry I was for doing that. Mom is paying for one of her dresses to get altered for me. My, my eyebrows and my nails. <clears throat> Understood. Excuse me. I should tell you up front, Peyton, that I don't have any funds right now. Why not? Aren't you working? Why did you wait so long to tell me that you don't have any money? How many times do I have to tell you that my money is my money or lack of it is not for you to comment on? And FYI, you just told me today that you wanted to go to this formal. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? <clears throat> Peyton, if you had told me about this three months ago when you found out, maybe we could have come up with a plan. I suggest you speak with your mother regarding my extra any extra chores that you can do around the house. Take all these clothes that you've never worn to that place that buys back clothes from people. Ask the hair lady if you can do something, some cleaning up in exchange for her doing your hair. Uh, Mom, hello. Yeah, I just got off the phone with Peyton, and I am not paying for everything. Hello to you, too. If this is in regard to Peyton's formal, I told her that I did not have the funds right now, and why would she wait four days before the event to tell me? I guess she felt that since I pay for everything that she only needs to tell me, when does, when does your show start back up? How long has it been on hiatus? I gave Peyton a few suggestions on how she might raise funds for the things she needs for formal. I'm willing to drive them to save the limo. Don't we have a savings set up for the kids? Can she use some of those funds to help herself out? I will look into the, her savings and see what it looks like. I am not happy with the fact that I have to go into my child's saving account. <clears throat> Peyton is not going to want you to drive her to the formal. Why not? I'm the girl's father, and fathers escort their daughters to these types of events. It's tradition, and it will save this family money. Peyton, Dad, can you come pick up my bag of clothes to take them to Buffalo Exchange and whatever money you get from them, bring it back to me? Peyton, I can pick you up after school and take you. Dad, will you be able to write such as mom's a check, a post-dated check for the limo? Her mom said that she would be okay with that. Peyton, are you kidding me that you are openly discussing payment plans with people regarding my lack of funds? You are tripping, young lady, and way out of bounds. <laughs> I can't anymore. All right. <laughs> this house was crazy. Uh, uh, Mom says, Peyton is spending the night with Lori since it's your weekend. You need to pick her up on Sunday by 11 a.m. I sent you a text with the address. Got it. Are you going to be there to see her off? I can't. I have to work. I really want to be there. FYI, I had to use some of Peyton's savings. You need to put it back once you get on your feet. Uh, Lewis and I will represent the family and see the girl off. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we put money in that account? Did, didn't we put money in that account? I'm not taking away from myself, myself twice. Please do not embarrass her. Dad, can you see me off? 
And then she, and Peyton says, Dad, can you see me off? I'm a little nervous. No problem. See you in a few, my love. Lewis, get yourself together so we can go see your sister off. Lewis, why do I have to go? Because you were her sister. Lewis, what's the point of all this? <laughs> Seriously, like, what is it? Like, Well, you don't have children, so you don't understand. Uh, the chat room doesn't either. Well, I don't care about the chat room. <laughs> if they have children, they care about their children, they'll understand. I know, it. but what is the, what, it, what are you getting at with this? Well, is this is I'm just asking. stories. This is stories about parenting and what you have to go through and certain things that kids say, like I said in the beginning, that... Um, Kid, being a parent is a tough job, and there are certain things that I'm sure that's relatable to other parents, as opposed to talking about some 350-pound boy who fell off a thing and tragic as that is, and Will Smith and Stephen A. Smith will 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 um no I'm, I'm ah, just that's, I'm that's, just asking no, you, but I'm just where are you, you getting at with these texts? Like, what is the these are stories that I feel other people who are going through a divorce, just like you said. At first, when I said that one story, you said, I have a friend who's going through this divorce, and this is what he went through too. That's my point. That the people in the chat room who, it's a lot of people in the chat room, and rightly so, I'm not saying they're right or wrong, feel that other stuff is more sensationalized to talk about which is okay. No, I'm not but saying that's not what, what, I, what you're I talking talk about. There, I'm not saying that there's an issue with what you're talking about. I'm just trying to figure out what is the point. Like, what in those stories? What What is the the takeaway? The takeaway is that kids will be kids. Parents have to be parents. Which is actually what was the theme of the show was today. Is about how you as a parent have to <laughs> get things together, deal with it. Uh, your kids will say, "Create," just like you said, your mom slapped you when you was 13 because you said something. That's what some of these stories about that this was. I'm sure it's formal season is coming up. So these parents who there are some dads who might not be able to afford certain things that these because these kids formals now are just way crazy mm -hmm. price wise. My, I'm sure that they heard my numbers and said, that's all you had to pay. But back in that time, that was a lot of money. So these kids now have uh, horse and buggies um where us growing up the former was your your parents drove you or somebody with a car drove you dropped you off you your friends got a hotel room and you hoped to have a little sex if it was a senior formal mm -hmm. the main thing after was did you smash did you get some and then it was your buddies and then it was your whole family seeing you off when i was in um what city uh, with florida they were at the hotel, really nice hotel. This girl was having a formal, and she was at the top of the steps in a gown that looked like she was going to a wedding. All of her family was there. Yeah, it's a... It's, it's yeah. uh, I mean, some of the things these parents... It's And then a lot of people say that the, we spend all this money on this formal, but the kid's barely graduating. That that's too much. We're giving them too much. That And that was part of the thing of me telling Peyton that you need to... Earn something because there's some kids who can't afford it and they have to go out and work mm -hmm. and spend it themselves, mm -hmm. which is some things that you wish the lessons that we learned as kids of how to save your money. Don't wait four days before the event to tell me you need this when you could have told me and we could have saved for it. Or, or you, I'm going to have to say my parents didn't buy none of that shit. That's what, it was that's what on I'm saying. me. <laughs> I had a job at 12. It was on me too. I have, I had a job at 13, yeah, but so, my parents, 
I don't I don't know I don't can remember not what my parents went out of pocket no for. Expensive gown or you know a limo. whatever and limo none of that I got none of that but I did go to my prom and I did um I worked so I was able to buy my dress but it's you know it's a different we went time in the Nova 69 green Nova is what the, I got out of uh in a car with my girlfriend Phyllis, oh, I forgot her name. Cynthia Brown. <laughs> Cynthia Brown. I got out of the note, and then people did take that, a picture. But did any kids back then have a limo? The, the white kids? Mm. The white kids showed them limo. We had, I mean, and if somebody's dad was, like one guy came in a, a like a hearse-type car because his dad worked at a funeral thing. <laughs> so he came out in the hearse, and we all was like, yo, that's jam, you know. But everybody's like, that's a hearse, fool. And then we was like, but now these I mean, these kids, it's it's to the point. It's I go back to this. These kids now are at the $44 billion mark. With That's where they are. They just, and, it, and it's, and kids will talk trash to you. And you, and that's why people say, you hear, because it started off, we saying about how mothers, about how mothers, the daughters and the mothers go at it hard. Fathers and sons go at it hard. And it's amazing how, the daughter and father have a certain kind of relationship because Peyton and I have more of an honest relationship. Um, how does how does your ex-wife feel about Peyton being a lesbian? Well, she loves her. She, she's, she's accepted it. At first, mm-hmm. That's the first thing you have to do as a parent when your child is doing something, air quotes, different mm-hmm. and not, not whatever normal is now, but outside of the so-called norm. You first, as a parent, have to accept it. You have to accept. Being a parent, you go through so many stages of accepting things. One, that your kid may be not that smart. Your kid is still writing his letters backwards. Your kid has phobias. Your kid is shy. Your kid is too out there. Your kids is, your kids is too much of a daredevil. Your kids might end up, your kids started doing drugs. Your kids are hanging out with the wrong people. Uh, your kids are not doing their homework, your kids are cussing and talking back at you. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some residual fact of that little girl finding out. I was going to ask you, how old was she, the one that found the pad with the pictures? Um, I think she's like eight or nine, okay. ten years old. So she's, depending on what kind of environment she's in, if she's in a hood hood environment then she knows about messing around well no she no um no if she is i mean sure she's probably no she's middle class they have a nice home okay they had a nice home so she's eventually Um, is going to discover what that was all about around 11 or 12 13 yeah well now i feel like with her seeing that 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 just made her grow up a little bit more faster right and 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 now she's going to She's. It's going to affect her in whatever way it yeah, does. Yeah, I think it's going to affect her relationship with her mom and relationship with another guy, or if a guy, if a you well, know. her dad is really prominent in her life, and he he does everything with her. He takes her places. He he's the one that's really kind of raising her properly. So right. So he's given her an idea of what a man is supposed to do. Be. 
So it's going to. But when she's seeing pictures of the pictures of her mother hugged up with another guy, that's not her dad. I mean. Right. But she's eventually going to get older and she's going to have an understanding of how she should interact with her mom. She's going to have an idea that, okay, I need to let maybe she'll say I need to let that part go. That was part of life. Dad is who he is. Mom is who she is. Because you have to get over that when you learn certain things about your parents. That, that they're people, too. Yes. And that, you know, maybe mom wasn't happy with dad. Right. And blah, X, Y, and, and it, Z. And it wasn't always mom's fault. Maybe dad pushed her that way. And, and dad wasn't that great guy that, you know, but he was a great father. I mean, because it's people who, who used to say they've never met their father. And it's a stepfather that's been there forever. But they want the father to walk her down the aisle. It's like, what? I mean, it must, and the, and the stepfather is such a great guy. He's like, no problem. That's, you want this man. Who's it, never that has been in your to life. hurt though. Yes. Yeah. But that's kids making decisions based on what she's trying to fill something up that she didn't have. Like, and now at least I got my father walking me down the aisle. Like people who are adopted want to find their birth parents. You know, and 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 they want to. It's important to them. Forget that the adopted parents love them and raise them. You know, it's like Shaq. Shaq says that he doesn't. His father wasn't his father. His stepfather was the one that was the man for him. Does he give him his stepdad all the accolades, or did yes, he gives him all of them? No, it's straight up. He doesn't consider his birth dad. He was his birth dad, but his father was the man that raised him and taught him to be a man. And he says it all the time. So it, it's kind of, I mean, that's the, the dynamic of a parent-child relationship. And Shaq just came out and took accountability for his marriage to uh, right. I, I saw Shawnee not What working. did he say about that? I didn't read the, the article, but he took responsibility for the, the marriage yeah, not I working. Yeah, I heard so that. So he, he probably was cheating and doing all kind of crazy shit. Why you got to be cheating? Because what is the, what other reason, really? Well, unless there... he wasn't emotionally available or always on the road, but well, she she does seem high maintenance. I don't think she was high maintenance when when they got together because I don't they were, were together what since college? Oh, I don't know. High school? I don't know. Something like that. So yeah, I just think the whole... and she married, she just married a pastor. I almost said something. <laughs> what? I almost said something. I almost said something. Now, we know pastors, okay? Yeah. And we know pastors. Did you see Lester Berry? Oh, yeah. He was so good. Was he? Yes. He had a, I was really surprised because he does clean comedy. Right. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, Lester I always, Berry was, was so really good. Yes. Okay. He had a nice so jacket on. So last night, um, each year we have the Pan-African Film Festival here in Los Angeles, here in this community. This year, they're celebrating their 30th uh, anniversary of doing so. They feature all types of black films all over, from all over the world. So yesterday, last night, they sponsored the comedy show at the Regency West. And I went because they had Lunell on the flyer. And she wasn't there. <laughs> I didn't see her. No, she wasn't there. <laughs> So I went, and it was funny because Buddy Lewis performed, and he was like, ain't nobody on this flyer performing tonight. They just tricked y'all into getting here. <laughs> Buddy is so honest and funny. Oh, my God. He was so honest. It, I mean, he went in on Jeff, uh, 
Jeff. On Jeff? Yeah, he went in on... Um, How did he go in on Jeff? What just he... thinking... Just I think he said something about Jeff thinking he's a celebrity or something. Just something that he said... Oh, and, and the fact that he had to wait a whole hour to finally get on stage because Jeff was taking so long and Michael Williams went up there and did a five or ten minute speech on, you know, the history of the Regency West and how he ended up hiring... Robin Harris instead of Paul Mooney. He said he offered the job originally to Paul Mooney, and Paul Mooney told him, I don't want to do no nigga shit. Hilarious. <laughs> so that's how Robin Harris um, ended up hosting what is called the Comedy Act Theater, which was really the only black comedy um, show in town in the whole city because everything else was white and then you know nights were you know dedicated uh delegated to black night but uh michael williams definitely put on and was the uh start of a lot of uh careers for uh black comedians but he went in there and he was just telling a story and he tried to tell a robin harris joke and <laughs> messed it all up and people started going in you've been in comedy 40 years and you still can't tell a damn joke like that buddy yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that is hilarious but yeah lester i remember lester from way back in the day and then i was hearing that he was like on this clean comedy christian comedy stuff but he was well he's he's an actual pastor yeah at a church he's a pastor did you like his jacket yeah, I thought he was dressed nice. Yeah, I just caught a glimpse of it. It was kind of paisley like. It was kind of like. It was like, uh, pastel. Pastel with a like light a, blue or something, yeah, baby blue. Yeah, and then I, I left because I just, I don't know. I had bought the ticket online, so I felt like I had to go because I didn't want to waste you my money. You actually paid? I paid. Oh, because you like supporting people. Yeah, I wanted to support, and plus the uh, the money goes to the Pan African Film Festival, which is a non. Yeah, it was packed in there. I hope we have a half amount of people. So on he Thursday. says Thursday is Netflix night. This is what Jeff said that all drinks are free. So I don't know if he said he that. He wasn't supposed to say that, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually hosting. <laughs> it's an open uh, bar, so I don't know if he said that to get them people back there on Thursday. But that sure will get people back. I'm gonna come back. He didn't say I was hosting. No. See how he is? Just <laughs> hater. No, he's, he act he's, like he was hosting it. Yeah, he does. He goes up every time and does Robin Harris, and you can't tell him he ain't funny. But yeah. I like Jeff. So Jeff. Um, so Jeff opened the show last night, and he was really good. I mean, he walks through the crowd, you know, hey, how you doing? And, uh, yeah, Buddy Lewis was commenting on all of that. Hey, how you doing? Nigga, sit your ass. I know. I can see your buddy saying that. But I heard Jeff had a real good one. He says one big guy. He's like, when did they let Suge Knight out? Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that part. Oh, so and then, but there was it was a nice crowd last night. Um, for those of you who are not from LA and plan to visit, definitely um, before you hit up the comedy stores and the improvs, uh, Regency West has a Thursday night comedy. Um, yeah, spot. Come see Jeff Arno and uh, oh, he Keith mentioned Moore. you though. He as, mentioned as he should. He mentioned you and Keith Morris and Marv, uh, Mad, Mad Marv. Marv as one of the organizers. Mad Marv Thursday crazy. night. Mad Marv's got. He's got. What's he up to? I haven't seen Marv in a minute. He he. Uh, he Did he stop drinking? 
I, I don't know. Don't, don't start me lying. <laughs> don't start me lying. Why do you say he's crazy? He's just Mad Marv is just Mad Marv. He's got the appropriate name. He's mad. He's Mad Marv. But I heard he cuts a good hair. Yeah. I, I heard him and, was it him and Speedy that got into a fight before? Back in the day? Yeah. I think everybody got in a fight. With I mean, Speedy? I would, well, Speedy can fight, though, I heard. <laughs> You know, Speedy can fight. I hope he's doing well. He's just... He looks good. I've been seeing, uh, I haven't seen as of late, but I've seen him going on these long bike rides. Really? Like he did 20-something miles one day. I was like, damn, okay, Speed. Yeah, man. You gotta, you gotta... He's hosting the thing out in Cabo at the end of next month. I'm going to go out there. Maybe he's getting ready so he can wear a swimming suit. Um, yeah, but... and Michelle, his wife is also... Um, exercising and bike riding and Uh-oh. doing but a lot of things. Likes big girls. Okay, <laughs> that's what I, I almost commented and said. Girl, don't lose too much weight. Yeah, speedy, move on. Uh, but um, so yeah, I, I just hope um, before we get out of here, I hope you guys, um, um, anybody that's going through a divorce, I hope you work through it, and I, I just hope people, you know, work hard at finding the right one. It's so important to find someone that you can grow old with because there's a lot of we're losing so many people and so many people are lonely and just not happy and um but it's 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 a lot of work it's not easy being happy it's not easy loving someone because we all got so much baggage we all got so much baggage and we all will are in denial of our baggage we all don't a lot of us don't want to get help a lot of especially men a lot of us don't want to we always try to put it on the woman that it's her fault and that she's too emotional and all that and that's us Everything that we say about women is us. We don't want to talk about things. We shut down if, if it's too close to I, home. I don't think it's one gender. I think it's both. Like, that's the whole thing is that I see a lot of times online there's men posting stuff about women mm-hmm. and women posting stuff about men. It's just like both sides are equally at fault for whatever. You That's know? a good way to put it. it and is. I just think that a good thing, whether it's a relationship, whether it's building your dreams, or whether it's trying to accomplish a goal, takes work. True. That is true. Anything that, true. that comes too easy is not appreciated. And I know that because there's times where I've given people things free and they're not pre- appreciated. Like I want to start doing some summer classes for students, but I want the city to pay for it. But I also want the parents to pay an administration fee because they're, that way they'll make sure the kids get show here yeah. and show up because they paid their money. That's you true. give things out free, people do not appreciate it. And I think it's important, especially what you do here, I think it's important that kids learn how to do things the right way. Yeah, because it's so many wrong ways of in media now. That's just like, wait a minute, that's not how you do it. And then when you, then when they get to another level, they don't know, and it shows. Right. And then and even with adults, even like I teach these uh, podcasting classes. In fact, I have another one coming up this Saturday. For anybody interested, go to the website morrismediastudios.com. A lot of people um, they don't know. They just think it's as simple as sitting down at a microphone and just talking and filming yourself. But depending on what your goal is, if you're trying to be professional, you're trying to make money, you're trying to take it to the next level, it takes some knowledge. 
Yeah, because the producer, her, will say, what are you trying to do with this? What are you saying with this? So keep that in mind. <laughs> Have that answer. Yeah, but because wait. at the end of the day, these people tuning in, they want to know what's in this for them. Right. Good if point. If they're going to sit for two hours and watch this show or any podcast, they want to know what's in it for them. Are they going to be entertained? Are they going to be informed, educated? Because a lot of times people listen to things for escape. That's why I don't try to put a lot of heavy stories into the, because we know what's going on in the world, you know. But people at the end of the day, when they're listening to something or dedicating their time, they want to know what's in it for them. Now, do you have that thing that advertises your podcast? I don't have a current um, I wanted to hear that again. flyer. <laughs> I don't have a you current flyer. You know that commercial flyer. we're talking about that you made? Yeah. That you played? It was about the podcast. Oh yeah, but I, I what I was saying was I haven't made a new one. Can we hear the old, the other one? I don't know if I have it in here. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> Why is it hilarious? No, I like it. It just it makes you wanna it makes you wanna phone in and say, hey, I want to be on the podcast. It's so inviting. You're like, okay, I can do that. Let's see, do I even still have that commercial? Let me see, right quick. You can play it on the way out, but hilarious. No, that was the commercial. Um, Well, you should have it for next week and then keep playing it. Yeah, I'll have Every it. You know what you should do? <laughs> Every time we get really bad, you should play it <laughs> to remind us to come to class. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be, you would be playing it a lot. Um, so, Dan and Green, you were not missed. Um, yeah, well, the criticism with Dan and is they feel like he talks too much. <laughs> a lot of people have told me that. <clears throat> and what's funny is Jeff will say that. And... I, but Dan, and, when Dan is here, I get great, I get a good, I get to work at listening. But his stories do, um, you know, you, one thing I've learned from you, you got to prepare. You got to prepare. Because otherwise, you, 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 there's no punctuation. So you got to prepare to at least the point where somebody can say, stop, what are you doing? Let's do something else. But you got to prepare something. Yeah, you have to prepare. Like, like I said, because the worst thing you could hear somebody say while they're doing a podcast is, okay, so what are we going to talk about next? Right. Because they're not prepared. Yeah, the key is to over-prepare. Because the best thing is to have more than, um, but, uh, so. Yeah. So uh, follow Morris Media Studios on Instagram, follow OG Poetess, and for more information about our podcast classes, you can go to morrismediastudios.com. We have one coming up this Saturday. They're very thorough. They're no more than two hours, and it, they're basically designed for people who are thinking about starting a podcast and someone who's a beginner um in podcasting because really it's it's a commitment of time and money and if you take the class you'll be better than we are that's <laughs> definitely easy so shout out oh i'm at l e instagram is l e w i s d i x junior are you ever on instagram yeah i did i did my first little live thing but yeah i, I post stuff um I po i'm getting better i have to do more of it some people do it too much but then that, that's how you Hey, but now it's it's yeah. what it is. It's, it got somebody forty four billion dollars. So that's yeah, that. yeah. So yeah. okay, so I am off to uh, practice. I am. Um, I thank you all for listening. Uh, and um, 
Next week, I'll only have three stories. Um, three text messages. That is hilarious. You should you should have you should have <laughs> recorded so you could play that uh, that little phrase of. So what are you saying, Lewis? What does this mean? That so you could just play that every time I'm not making because sense. You are taking to me. You're taking a ride down memory lane. So my thing is for the people who are listening. Okay, so. What's the takeaway? Like that should be the phrase that you play. You just push whenever we're not doing anything that's <laughs> funny or whatever. What's the takeaway? Would be a funny line to play. So I don't know if you can cue that up and do that, but that would be funny. <laughs> What's the takeaway? So listen, guys. The takeaway is I gotta go because um, I've reached my stomach portion, and um, this is what we do. Shout out. So this Thursday, Regency West. If you're in LA, come on out. Uh, Jeff will be there. Uh, Keith Morris. Uh, I forgot who's, who's performing. On my show. Um, um, Do you know? Um, I, I don't. I, I mean, because there was a good lineup last night. I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel it. I mean, See, I just now, didn't feel like being out, but I went because I had already purchased a ticket. One of my friends said it was a good show. It was. Thank From you. what I saw, it was. No, I was good. talking about Tanae, this show. Thank you. Biggest fan. My biggest fan said it was a good show. But Jeff sent me the flyer, but I don't think I saved it. Um, he didn't send me the flyers, even though I paid for them. He didn't send me the flyers. But um, I forgot it was on the show. Oh, well. It's going to be a good show. Jeff is there, and that's enough. <laughs> so that's enough. Jeff is there, so that's enough. And, and, and come on out. Thank you, guys. I'm out. I got to go. Get on the road. Guys, have a good one. We'll see you back here next Tuesday. Thank Peace. You.